Welcome back to the Book Reporters, episode two. Yes. We haven't been canceled yet, which is weird because we can only cancel ourselves. <laughs> but uh, how are you doing, Lauren? I'm good. How are you? I am wonderful. Excited awesome. to dis for more book discussion with you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, this week is uh, our books. My ch choice is he started it. <laughs> he started it by Samantha Downing. Again, I can't help but say it that way. Yeah. And yours is not a happy family by Sherry Lapina. Awesome with. Again, I have read that one already, so I'm looking forward to discussing that one with you. Yeah. But who should go first this week? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can. That's fine. You want to go? I. Th why don't we take turns since I went first in episode one? You can go first episode two. Yeah, that sounds good. Do it all of my favorite murder. Yeah. When they argue back and when they <laughs> go back and forth each episode, whose turn is it this week? Right. You know. <laughs> but, okay. All, all right. right. No, you're good. Let me uh, let me pull up my stuff here. Okay, so this week I'm going to be diving into not a happy family by Sherry Lapina. Uh, this book came out uh, this summer in July, 2021, and I got it uh, with my Book of the Month Club subscription. I was very happy to see that because I was going to get it anyway. So uh, it was nice to have it uh, along with, with that because then I can kind of work towards my reading challenge through them. Um, but this book is a mystery, um, and the synopsis goes, in this family, everyone is keeping secrets, even the dead. Brecken Hill in upstate New York is an expensive place to live. You have to be rich to have a house there, and Fred and Sheila Merton certainly are rich. But even all their money can't protect them when a killer comes to call. The Mertons are brutally murdered after a fraught Easter dinner with their three adult kids, who of course are devastated. Or are they? They stand to inherit millions. They were never a happy family thanks to their vindictive father and neglectful mother, but perhaps one of the siblings is more disturbed than anyone knew. Did someone snap after that dreadful evening? Or did another person appear later in the night with the worst of intentions? That must be what happened. After all, if one of the family were capable of something as gruesome as this, you'd know, wouldn't you? Wouldn't so, you? Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so let's, let's get into this. Yeah, this book um, I read this summer while on vacation. It was like a perfect vacation read, at least for me, because this is the type of storyline that I love. It's a, you know, rich neighborhood, a family that, you know, has all of their secrets and um, kind of a kind of just a small cast of characters, um, a lot of just family dynamics with it and a pretty gruesome double murder at the middle of all of it. So um, basically this, this family, the Mertens, um, they have three adult children. Uh, <laughs> I forget. <laughs> Okay, I remember now. Her name's Catherine. I was going to say, I forget the, the three kids' names. Dan, <laughs> Jenna, and Catherine. And 
they all have their their reason and their motive for uh, wanting their parents dead. And you know, even though they're adults, they're all living separate lives, but they do come together um, because the mother, um, Sheila, does the Easter dinner, brings everyone there, everyone together, puts on this act that it's going to be, um, you know, a happy family dinner, but uh, things quickly go downhill and people end up not sticking around too long um, following the, the really, you know, escalating situation between family members. So later that night, they're killed and pretty, pretty brutal killing. Um, I'm not sure if it went into a lot of detail early on, or if that kind of came out at the end, but, um, it, it was a pretty, pretty gruesome murder. And, um, you know, the detectives look at the family as their money is a big motive um, for a lot of murders. So each kid is complicated. They all have layers. Um, you know, some people said that they were, you know, unlikable. And I definitely think that that is true. Um, but I, they weren't unlikable to the point that I normally get with un unlikable characters where I really dislike them um, or really don't care what happens. These kids I think were unlikable because of how they were raised by their parents and kind of why they have the personalities that they do and they each have you know, slightly different personalities. And it just, goes through the motions of figuring out who had the best opportunity and um, who would have wanted to, you know, you know, was so mad at them that they killed their family on a holiday. Um, there were a couple side players in the book, but for the most part, it is the three children, the detectives, um, and a couple other um people on the outside. There's a housekeeper. Um, there's an aunt. There's... Um, I remember I the aunt being the father's sister. Right. Yeah. And they all have their, you know, their little secrets behind them as well. But it really reminded me of an Agatha Christie and old school um, murder mystery because it didn't rely on a lot of you know a special setting uh didn't really rely too much on technology type of stuff that gets complicated with stories now um it just you know was your typical murder in a house and here's here's your characters and figure out which one did it and that's just one of my favorites because you actually have the opportunity to try and piece it together. And I'm the world's worst detective. So I never figure out any of these books, but I do try. And I, there was potential here for me to solve this. I just uh, didn't. <laughs> well, because they keep go. I remember reading it. They kept going back and forth between when you think, you know, first thing, first thing I'll say about the book is I loved the pacing of it. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a quick, fun pace that keeps you going. Right. And, you know, they would spend a few chapters saying Dan had the best motive and opportunity. And then, you know, the, I believe it was Catherine I, I hope I'm not getting too much into spoilers here. But, you know, even though they would give a off that like one of the siblings couldn't have done it, there was still a little bit of like, well, could they though? Right. So mm -hmm. you kept, they kept going back and forth between, and then there's another, 
I don't want to give away because that is kind of a good plot twist, but there is someone else who gets mm-hmm. introduced that isn't a character we mentioned so far. It's like, well, could it have been that and their connection to the story? Uh, do you know who I'm talking about? I can't. I can't think of it. The illegitimate daughter. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. That's who I was thinking of. I think when I said cousin or something, I think that's who, because it was Rose, Rose's daughter. Is that it? Rose. Rose, was... yes. Yeah, the okay. father had a affair. The father, I believe it was Rose. The father had an affair with someone. And, right. And the kids didn't know about it. So now I'm wondering. So, because I said cousin, I, I hope that, I mean, because technically they they were, no, they weren't cousins then. They would be half siblings. Yeah. Okay. Rose Cutter. Yeah. But uh, yes, the chapters are very short, uh, which I agree. I And I read this on vacation and I remember thinking, I can't wait to get home from dinner and, and read. And, and, and it's one of those books that will keep you up because the short chapters, everyone's a suspect, but they're not so unlikable. Like I said, that you don't care. Um, each one has their, has their pros and cons. Catherine is a successful doctor, but she really wants to, uh, kind of emulate her mother's status and dan has money troubles yeah they make they make dan out to be the one with the biggest motive right in the story which is as the reader you're like okay it's not him but is it you know and yeah well because it i mean it seems like too obvious right but then it's like like being a being a traditional like mystery thriller reader like well, is that uh, the author's way of trying to throw us off, like making us believe it would be too obvious? <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I have right. these kind of thoughts when I read these. It's like, yeah, well, do they I, do they expect us to be sophisticated enough to be able to, you know? <laughs> yeah, I immediately thought, oh, it, it, well, it can't be Dan. It's too obvious. And then you think, or is that what they want you to think that it's too obvious? And and it is him. Um, but yeah, he, you know, he's the cliche. Didn't live up to his dad's standards, and you know, is kind of a quote unquote failure. Um, but I think and... he's more a failure. In, of a certain perception of how he should have been. Um, and then Jenna is the youngest and she is the typical, you know, uh, artist life that doesn't really want anything to do with the family. Um, but of course she wouldn't mind the money that's involved. So. Yeah. And, uh, do you, did you ever get the impression that the boyfriend she that jenna has in the book i believe his name is jake i think so like did you ever get the impression that like maybe he could have been a factor right he was sketchy for sure i didn't like him he was probably the least favorite character like like the impression that he could be made aware of the inheritance that Jenna could come into and mm-hmm. try to use her or yes. because he's he's living he was living the same lifestyle as her sort of like you know the struggling artist or like yes. living this broke living artist. in a shitty apartment right yeah except she didn't have to do that she just wanted to whereas most starving artists that's what they do. So yeah, it, 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 it presents the opportunity for him to either be an accomplice or take it upon himself to, uh, 
you know, cash in on this situation he's found himself in. I know. And they did the same thing with the spouses of both Catherine and Dan. I can't remember their names, but they did kind of, I remember they do, did kind of do the same with their spouses. You know, right. there was some yes. question, there was something questionable about them. Like, could they have a motive? Ted and Lisa. Lisa yeah. was Dan's okay. um, wife and Ted was Catherine's. Right. They both, so I, I guess there are more characters but at the end of the day it's still less than 10 characters in this whole book and I, I like that because it's not confusing um you know you read different types of books and genres for different reasons but this is probably one of my favorite where I could see the whole layout and it's not unsolvable or it's not something they throw in at the last minute hey this character shows up and they're the killer or yeah you know, I thought I got the impression that maybe that could have been hap happening with Rose and the daughter, the other mm -hmm. daughter, but that happens early enough in the book where it's like, okay, they're like, she's not just throwing this in right? as a last second twit, like just to throw it in. Right. That would be oh. pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I guess I I did give it a, a three and a half star. I didn't, you know, in looking back on it, it probably is closer to a four star for me um, because for all the same reasons I like it, it also wasn't mind blowing either. It was just a, to me, it was just a good uh, mystery story. A, a, if you, you know, need to recommend something for somebody, if they've been in a reading slump or they've, dnf'd a couple of books um this is the perfect one to get back into it but at the same time it didn't blow my mind with you know some genius plot line i mean it's the same domestic affairs type of thing which like i said is both a, a pro to me but then it's also not going to stand out significantly for me either so Maybe I'll split the difference and say a 3.75 out of five star. <laughs> um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or like. No, I think I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I mean, it's just a straightforward, you know, not overly thought out who done it. And that sometimes that's all you're asking for. Right. It's a, you know, it, like I said, it's a breezy read it's a you know it's a so i mean it's kind of like the perfect vacation read like for yes. you yes i mean i read it it's it's one of the books i read while i'm on break at work so it's which is kind of easy like a 15 minute break you can breeze through like yeah four you or five chapters right so i mean it's yeah i mean i would give it about the same rating i i yeah. don't remember what i gave it on goodreads but i would i think i gave it four stars yeah on i actually rounded down to three i'm looking at it now but uh i do wish you could do half stars on goodreads um because it's not fair and it, i i probably could bump that to a four just because i really have no I am. I, I'm going to officially make it a four-star review on Goodreads. Um, I, I am checking my list now. What, wow, I gave it five. Okay. I mean, it's probably more of a four-star read, but... And that's what's fun, too, about looking back on books, too, because like we were saying in the last episode, sometimes a book can be really good, but you remember literally nothing about it. You think, well, why did I give it that rating? But at the time it was good. And then for other reasons too, you look back and you're like, that book wasn't that good. <laughs> why did <laughs> I give it? You know, it, 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 when you have time to think about it, or like I was saying, you know, last time you think it's okay. And then people start, you know, saying, well, what about this? And did you notice that? And you 
are like, wait a minute. Yeah, that I've I've definitely had books I've read that were influenced, like reading other reviewers. Right. Which is like, okay, they got a point. Or I've made the I've made the mistake of I've actually been enjoying books and like maybe a third or halfway through. I made the mistake of like looking at Amazon reviews and mm -hmm. someone will point something like not give any spoilers, but point something out that I've already read in the book and thought nothing of it. I'm like, well, that kind of ruins it for me. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> and like I said, I, I am a, as much as I love mysteries and thrillers as a person, I, I hate surprises. And I, like I said, sometimes, not all the time, I don't even mind reading spoilers. If, if a book is going a certain direction where it really wouldn't take the fun out of my reading. Um, and then other books I don't, I didn't do this with not a happy family, but what I liked about what I like about Goodreads is, you know, pe people do put, um, you know, spoiler advisements so you can skip over it. And then once I've read the book, I'll go back and look for the reviews specifically that mention spoilers so I can at least, you know, have a one-way discussion with someone who, who wrote out their review. Um, but on Goodreads, uh, this book has a 3.89 rating out of 33,000 rating, almost 34,000 ratings and 3,600 reviews. I don't put my reviews on Goodreads. I'll just rate them. I don't know if you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the same, I'm the same way. I can't, I have trouble thinking out my reviews afterwards, mm -hmm. but I mean, I, I, I kind of enjoy, I'm kind of enjoying doing it this way. Like I'll just give a rating on Goodreads and then because it's, it's easier for me to review a book when I'm discussing it with someone. Right. Instead of me just like trying to pick stuff out and like write on it on my own. Yeah. You know? I, uh, I do my reviews on bookstagram, but I, if I don't, do it right then and there it's it, it, it's almost a chore for me to write out my review six weeks later because i do have to go back and get the whole story back together again and uh, i really should just do it more at the time but sometimes you just want to move on to a different book for better or worse and then you think oh i, I should put that review up um and i haven't done that with this book yet but I think I will and the last the last book the nothing man I don't think I reviewed that yet on my bookstagram so this will motivate me to put up a review <laughs> and I can link the link the episode awesome but, but not um not everybody liked this book and I like this one star review um from Casey this happened just about two weeks ago. Um, she gave it a one-star review and she said the title of this should be not a good thriller. <laughs> it was boring, <laughs> tedious, hard to get through, no twists, no turns. I didn't give any fucks about the character because they were all miserable. It was so bad, I literally have nothing else to say. I'm going to rethink the other books I've shelved as to read by this author. This book club discussion should be interesting, LOL. Literally, don't waste your time. There are a lot of much more interesting edge of your seat, twisty, turny thrillers out there. And most of them do a lot better with the whole psychological aspect too. And I can see her point because like I said, I feel like it, you know, nothing, shocking and breathtaking happened yeah. um but to say it was hard to get through that's that's a, yeah not that to me that's not accurate at all I, I i that's not how i took it um i thought it was very easy to get through and the short chapters cliffhangers i mean how else do you stay hooked into a book if not for those things? So 
Yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't understand his, um, like, not twisty and turny enough. Like there, there's only, again, there's only like so many characters who could have done it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can have too many twists and turns in a book like that. But I mean, that's okay. Right. If I, I feel she made other aspects of the book interesting and compelling enough well and sometimes you lose the reader with too many twists and turns it's it's this is the type of crime that folds out all the time family drama mystery someone ends up dead that's more real life and i know i'm reading fiction but you know sometimes these books that you know, you're 75% in and you get hit with that first twist. Well, you know, it's just going to get more bizarre from there. And it can be fine, but I think it's done to an extent. It's like everyone tries to one up with the twists and the turns when, you know, sometimes you just want a, a, a good story. Yeah. And I do think that that was achieved with this book. And it, again, it is why I would recommend it to someone who just wants to, break their slump or break break a spell that's what i would say you'll read this you'll get through it you won't dnf it you may not love it but you'll like it yeah yeah um i'm trying well like we're talking about like not too many characters in other books that can make that mistake uh, um i remember i remember thinking this about another sherry lapena book um I, like me and one of my co-workers at the library had this same th- I believe I believe it was her book called Someone We Know okay it, I, the, pre- the premise was like one of the characters was a teenage boy who would break into the neighbor's houses I've heard of it I've read the synopsis probably 15 times and I never have pulled, but, pulled the trigger on reading it but I think, well, that was a book that is the opposite where me and my coworker thought that like there were too many characters in that book. And like the way they were all connected to each other just seemed a little much. Mm-hmm. So that is one of her books that did make that mistake, in my opinion. Yeah. Where you have too many, where you have too many people and it's you're trying to follow each one of their storylines but the but the way they're all connecting to each other is a little much right so it gets a little bit yeah that's what that's another one of our books that like did the opposite mm-hmm. of what this book does in my opinion my uh one good friend from work andrew he he loves sherry lapina like that is an auto buy uh, author for her so I am trying to get through more of her books and I, she is someone I would uh, I will probably eventually make my way through her list I have read I think this is the third book of hers I've read yeah I remember her first one was the couple next door and that's one I was the first one in among me and my library co-workers to read that one and it's one that I after I read it I recommended to everyone else and everyone else in my branch read it and we all got on that all on Sherry LaPena so I liked that book and that was the first one I read by her and then I read An Unwanted Guest I think that's the only one of hers that I haven't was, read. An Unwanted Guest was pretty good. That's another Agatha Christie vibe. Um, snowy mountain lodge and, you know, people are stranded. So all these strangers come together and are they strangers, you know, and then, then, then the, <laughs> then the murders start happening. The body. Yeah. That's a, uh... The and then there were none formula. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only one of hers I haven't read. Oh, so. yeah, definitely. Uh, 
definitely read that one. I, I enjoyed that one as well. I, it seems like all three of the books that I've read by her, uh, they weren't my favorite of all time, but they're, they're that formula that I personally gravitate towards. And they're ones that I can say I solidly like them and recommend them. I would definitely check out an unwanted guest. I definitely will. And yeah, so uh, again, I mean, aside from, I believe it's someone we know that I was referring to her book, someone we know, where there were too many characters. Aside from that one, I think she's pretty solid in all of her other writings. So I'll definitely, I believe I have an unwanted guest on Kindle. So I have that in my Kindle library. You already so. have it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll forget about it and try to buy it again. It's like, no, you already bought this because... <laughs> Say what you want about Amazon, but like with their Kindle they'll, purchases, yes. they'll they keep you up they, to date. They they won't screw you over. And try to make you buy twice. Right. So I know I do appreciate them for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna say I I do have that book. I could always mail it to you, but it sounds like you've already had it. And... I I know I do I know I know for a fact I do have it on my Kindle, so I will get to it. Good, but overall you enjoyed not a happy family i did too so yeah yeah that was fun and now sort of in the same theme of siblings who don't all get along have some family drama my pick is he started it by samantha downing i managed to say it normally mm -hmm. that time <laughs> he's starting it okay <laughs> all right so my my book this week is he started it by samantha downing here is the synopsis <clears throat> beth portia and eddie morgan haven't all been together in years and for very good reasons we'll get to those later <laughs> But when their wealthy grandfather dies and leaves a cryptic final message in his wake, the siblings and their respective partners must come together for a cross-country road trip to fulfill his final wish, and more importantly, secure their inheritance. But time with your family can be tough. It is for everyone. It's even harder when you're all keeping secrets and trying to forget a memory, a missing person, an act of revenge, the man in the black truck who won't stop following your car, and especially when at least one of you is a killer and there's a body in the trunk, just to name a few reasons. <laughs> but money is a powerful motivator. It is for everyone. Got a pick. <laughs> <laughs> now, mini spoiler up top. The body in the trunk is the grandfather's ashes. So, not what you think there. Right. <laughs> but they do pretty much nail it on the nail everything else in the synopsis. So, again, siblings Beth, Eddie, and Portia. Eddie is the oldest, Beth is the middle, and Portia is the youngest. Now, this uh, cross country road trip is is mirroring a road trip the siblings took with their grandfather 20 years before. And you go between reading about their trip present day and also reading diary entries from 20 years ago, which throughout the book, you get the impression, you learn that there was a fourth sibling who had been on the initial trip. And the diary, you figure, is from that uh, sibling's perspective. There was, they had uh, another sister named Nikki who was the oldest out of all of them. So you have their uh, current trip mixed with 
um, what's believed to be Nikki's diary account of the trip from 20 years ago. Okay. But the you learn throughout the book that the grandfather is not a good guy. He essentially kidnapped the all the children and took them on this trip. Like they went on the trip without the parents' knowledge. This was a strange thing is in the grandfather's will is that they had to do the exact same trip, see the same sites in order to get their inheritance, which you think is kind of a weird thing, but it manages to make the story like tie the story together for me. It managed to make it work. Mm -hmm. And they each had their part. Like Portia, the youngest, is uh, single. So she doesn't have a partner with her on the trip. But Eddie has a wife and uh, Beth has a husband. It, it's, a, it's a case of like everyone growing to become increasingly annoyed with each other over the course of the trip. And you find out that not like given that the grandfather was not a good guy, you find out like, you know, Eddie kind of learned some behaviors from that and they each kind of learn stuff from them that makes them maybe not good people themselves. And, you know, it's, I, I feel like I can't say too much more without giving it away. But it was, it was a story that definitely sucked me in. It, you know, I don't know. I, I wanted to talk about this book, but I feel like I can't say much more about it. Overall, mm-hmm. I genuinely like, there is, um, you wonder what the deal is with the black truck that's following them, which is a thing. And that gets explained. It's might not be what you think when that's uh revealed but they are being followed they are it appears whoever is in the black truck is messing with them like doing things to mess with like they get a flat tire at one it appears like one of their tires has been slashed at one point the ashes from the trunk go missing at one point (laughs) and it's you know it's just a real sort of what's going on here kind of story and i found it enjoyable like a lot of the complaints about the book were like the characters were unlikable which i could understand but that i think they were meant to be that way Mm -hmm. and there is a big thing there's sort of a a lot of people complain that the book has a non-ending because there is like a twist at the end but it's sort of just after that twist it sort of abruptly ends like you don't know right so it's sort of like a la the sopranos ending yeah how it just like sort of just ends with no real so i mean the review i'll read off it does mention that Okay. But (laughs) uh, I actually picked the review I'm going to read based on the way the review ends, like the final sentence. Yeah. But (laughs) um, yeah, but overall, I I looked it up. I would rate it about like I did last week. I would rate this four and a half stars. I gave it five on Goodreads. But you know, overall, and Samantha Downing uh, just released one this summer uh, f- called For Your Own Good, and she only has like uh, three books total, so it'll be easy to catch up with her whole catalog, yeah. but I'll definitely do that. I definitely enjoyed this book, and uh, but unfortunately, not everyone did, <laughs> so Give me a second. I will pull that up. Okay. This review is from Marcy. 
uh, reviewed in the United States on July 23rd, 2020. A one out of five stars, waste of time and money. <laughs> did the people who gave this book four or five stars read the same book I did? Not one likable character in a story that slogged on and on with the same thing happening day after day. It felt like Groundhog Day. <laughs> there is nothing more aggravating than to spend time and money on a book with no ending. To end this book the way the author did is a slap in the face to everyone who invested time and money in, in it. I abhor authors who think they are so clever by leaving you with a non-ending. Absolutely infuriating. I will never buy another book by this author. Do yourself a favor and skip this one unless your supermarket is out of toilet paper. <laughs> oh man you want to know how many people found that helpful by the way yeah. 48 <laughs> i might like it just because that was a good review but <laughs> <laughs> well i mean uh, it it was dang. it was she was personally affected by that <laughs> book it was kind of written during the height of the pandemic. So there was some toilet paper shortage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, wow. Yeah. Please everyone, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, a lot of the reviews did, did complain about that. <clears throat> the quote unquote non-ending, which I could understand that. You know, when I read it, I was kind of like, like, oh, Excuse really? Me. That's, oh, okay. I mean, all right. but right. I mean, it wasn't, maybe that's what took half a star off. Was yeah. that ending where you don't know how it turned. That's somewhat of a spoiler. If you didn't read this book, you don't know exactly how it turns out. Well. But, yeah, but, you know, people still talk about the Sopranos ending. So, I mean, there's a reason why they did what they did. And, yeah, it 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 does leave you to speculate. But, again, sometimes having all the answers and trying to do all these twists and turns at the 11th hour is unsatisfying than an open ending. So, I think if it's not played out too much, then there's nothing wrong with having a story like that because not too many I feel like are completely open-ended unless they're leading up to a sequel but I mean leading up to the non-ending there is enough of a surprising twist that does make it satisfying in my opinion so I won't reveal that though since uh, since we already revealed that there is a non-ending uh quote-unquote non-ending to this book but mm -hmm. You know, it, it is definitely worth it for, you know, and yeah, it's also the mystery of what happened to this older sister 20 years ago. Like, why isn't she, you know, how did she end up going missing? Because she went, it's revealed that she went missing while on the original trip. So, yeah. There is the mystery of what happened to her. And it's told in this uh, 20 year old diary that you believe is written from her perspective. Um, but yeah, overall, I will be reading more by Samantha Downing under, unlike that other reviewer. But <laughs> overall, I think. This was another good week for us. Yeah. And then we'll do our big shining discussion, which is interesting. And then I'm going to have to look. I think it's time I pull out a clunker and then uh, <laughs> I'll find a five star review. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there I don't know if I can find any clunker or if I can think of any clunkers. There are so many I want to read that I I will 
reveal my pick after the shining light at the end of the shining episode i have a few that i am up for i know i said in the last episode since you um since you reviewed the nothing man last week i talked about i'm re i'm currently reading 56 days um i don't know if i may end up reviewing that i don't know but there are so many other i want to get to that i know i want to talk about on here so we shall see but i will i will always announce my next book at the end of each episode so those who want to read along with us can do so but yeah next week i mean it, we're only going to be three episodes in but this is our first kind of special episode spooky <laughs> spooky season yeah i mean le- the week leading up to halloween we're talking about what i feel is the greatest horror novel of all time and we we are we are and my favorite horror movie the movie app even though stephen king will discuss does not share that same opinion right but we will discuss the book the movie the miniseries which i'm happy to know that you know about the miniseries like some people don't know about it yeah. I didn't learn about the the miniseries happened until a few years ago. And the miniseries is from like almost 25 years ago. Maybe. I think mm-hmm. it came out in the late 90s. Right. But it's definitely it's definitely I mean, we're going to talk about it all. It's more and, in line with the book, but exactly. And the movie is is different from the book. But that's why I appreciate both. I think both are very good and they're very similar. It's perfect for um, for huge fans of The Shining, whether you got started with the book or the movie. Um, it's I think for people that want more. Yeah, I think the like between like reading the book and watching the movie, I think the best way to do it, which I mean, this is the way I do. I saw the movie. I had seen the movie before ever reading the book. I think that's the way to do it is like seeing the movie and then reading the book, which is you get all the extra stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you get right. you get the you get some of the more ambiguous stuff about the movie can get explained with the book. Right. Particularly the ending. Right. The way the movie ends. And it kind of, that's always been, people have viewed that movie ending as ambiguous. It kind of makes more sense when you read the book and you can like understand it more. But I, I am so excited to talk. Like you might be as big of a fan of that book and movie as I am, which is so awesome. Yeah. I am definitely excited. I usually have it on (laughs) playing um, around this time of year because I do like uh, the Halloween franchise. Also, I watch that a lot um, around this time, just in the background. I don't need to sit down and watch these movies that are, you know, my, in my favorites, my top faves. Um, but they're just always there and you can put it on at any time. Or if you see it's on TV, it doesn't matter where they are in, in the movie, I'll put it on and just have it on. Um, and I'm very excited to, to talk about it because how often do you really get to do that? Not too often people know it or don't know it or don't care, or sometimes what are you going to say about it? So to sit down and have a discussion will be really fun. It will be you and I are our kindred spirits in that <laughs> sense. So we we I actually saw it. I'll I'll bring it up in next next episode. But I saw it in theaters a couple of years ago and on like an IMAX, and it was really oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. I will have a lot to discuss, and I I will look forward to every moment of that. Yeah. With you, so. Um, so if you 
you can, I will say, if you haven't read The Shining, is a must-read if you're into horror. Um, the movie is a must-see. The miniseries is kind of a mixed bag among people. But, I mean, we'll go into the miniseries. I'm going to re-watch them. I have the DVD of the miniseries from the library where I work. So I'm going to be able to rewatch that before we discuss, but we will be discussing the miniseries and uh, the differences between the book, the original movie and the miniseries, which as you said, is more faithful to the book. Mm-hmm. So, and I have uh, that on DVD also. So maybe I'll catch up on that before we <laughs> meet again. Yeah, like maybe the the miniseries is more accurate casting based on how the characters are written. Right. But and it I, is what is it six hours long? Four? It's it, it's a good. I think it's like th- four and a half, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we'll have time. We'll have time to watch that. And yeah, is like next episode is going to be so much fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, only the third episode, and it's already a big one. (laughs) So, yeah, we said enough. Uh, We'll just leave everyone to that, and uh, we will talk to you next week about all things regarding Stephen King and Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. (laughs) So, uh, I look forward to it. uh, And the, to get you in the mood for Halloween this year. So, um, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, I don't think we, I said this last time, but if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It'll help this podcast connect with more book lovers such as yourselves. And uh, yeah, this is definitely something I'm enjoying doing with someone like Lauren. Thanks. And Me too. As I said last week you are an official podcaster now so (laughs) wouldn't have any wouldn't discuss the shining with anyone else (laughs) but it's gonna be a blast all right uh so thank you everyone for listening and we look forward to talking to you next week take care everyone bye